A look today on Locked On Dolphins on the departed snaps from 2022 and how well-equipped the Dolphins are to replace those snaps with a better player. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Friday, July 14th, 2023. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with Joe Marino. You guys can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Special shout out to our everydayers who do keep it locked in with us on a daily basis here on the Locked On Network. Now, today on the show, we're going to be exploring departed snaps. Uh, The opportunities from last year's team that have been vacated by players who are no longer on the roster. And the objective here is to identify uh, who is ready to step into those shoes acknowledge the volume of certain opportunities that is available to the team and the caliber of the players who have departed from the squad. And that is where we are going to start with on today's show is offensive snaps of players who have departed from the Dolphins from the 2022 season. So I have a list here and I can actually bump it for those of you who are watching on YouTube so that Uh, We can engage with each other, and I can look at you and the list at the same time. At quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, of course, the departure on the offensive backfield uh, as a signal caller. The Dolphins bringing back Skylar Thompson, signing Mike White. Uh, I would say Mike White, from a roster caliber standpoint, is probably within the same bucket of what we got from Teddy Bridgewater last year. Not that Teddy Bridgewater was particularly effective. He'd been a starter, and I think there's a floor or a ceiling of an adequate level starter for Teddy Bridgewater. But the caliber play that the Dolphins got last year was that of of a quality depth player, a definitive backup quarterback that can, you know, catch lightning in a bottle, but is going to definitively not offer you the same appeal of a skill set that's tailored for this offense into a tongue of a law. I think Mike White falls in the same bucket. So I think you have, from a quality of player perspective, The same kind of player. Hopefully you have a more engaged player. Uh, You have a player who, uh, if he does get the opportunity to go on the field, is going to be able to stay on the field. I think that was the biggest issue for Teddy Bridgewater. It was 141 snaps. In the grand scheme of departures for the Dolphins offense, Teddy Bridgewater is like a bottom, bottom five. If you were to list all the players with meaningful snaps, Teddy's near the bottom of the list. At running back, you had Chase Edmonds, 186 snaps. Now, there's a addition of Jeff Wilson, who, of course, you traded this player out midseason with the trade deadline, with the trade to Denver for Bradley Chubb, and trading for Jeff Wilson from San Francisco. Chase Edmonds, I, I thought, was a player when the Dolphins signed him who could be uh, adequate depth for sure. He did not play to that standard. He was one of the least efficient running backs in the NFL as far as maximizing his opportunities per carry. Um, struggled with catching the ball out of the backfield, which was supposed to be a strength for him. So I think Jeff Wilson is an upgrade over Chase Edmonds for sure. 
Now, things get dicey when you get to tight end and offensive line, but perhaps the biggest loss from a volume of plays perspective that the Dolphins are incurring on the offensive side of the ball is Trent Sherfield, wide receiver. 611 snaps offensively with an additional 183 snaps on special teams. He played almost 800 snaps for the Dolphins last year, Trent Sherfield. I think he's a quality depth player. He's a bottom of your wide receiver room. Now he kind of got fast tracked into that role of being the third wide receiver because he was familiar with the system, right? Came from San Francisco, 611 snaps. There's an upgrade opportunity there. And then the special team snaps, there's other contenders. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little later in the show. The tight end room is interesting because it's the only position on the offensive side of the ball where I think the Dolphins lost anything that was more than a quality depth player. And Mike Gusecki is an adequate level starting tight end. 478 offensive snaps now. Now, case in point, from a departures perspective, there were three players on the offense who played more snaps than Mike Gusecki did last year. Trent Sherfield, 6'11", Brandon Shell, 762, and Greg Little, 528. It's kind of eye-opening to stop and think that Greg Little played more snaps than Mike Gusecki by 50. I'm not a math guy, but I can do that math. 528 minus 428. 50 on the nose. But your tight end room in total, you flushed the system. You departed with Seathan Carter, who's a replacement-level player. Now, he played in week one, and that was it, and was predominantly a special teams player. Played one snap offensively. Hunter Long played 93 snaps for you. He was an incomplete evaluation. And you had Mike Gusecki's adequate-level starter, 478 snaps. So in total, the tight end room vacated about 570 snaps, all offensively. We've talked about the offensive line, Brandon Shell quality depth. I think he did a nice job keeping his head above water as the starting right tackle. I do think there was missed opportunities and missed assignments and busts and miscommunications with Brandon Shell that kind of reinforced his status as a swing tackle and a depth player as compared to somebody who you would feel good long-term being your starter at that position. But 762 snaps plus Greg Little's 528. And then Greg played another 75 on special teams. You add in Larnell Coleman, who played one offensive snap for you. He since moved on uh, as a late-round draft pick developmental type player. The Dolphins' offensive tackles vacated over 1,350 in snaps last year. Now you ask yourself where that's going to get filled. We'll go down that pathway as well. But over 1,350 snaps for offensive tackles to lose a quality depth piece, a replacement level player, and a practice squad caliber player. And then Michael Dieter is your only other offensive player of note. Uh, another replacement level player played zero snaps offensively for this team last year, but played 76 snaps on special teams. So in total, if you include special teams for offensive players and offensive snaps, the Dolphins vacated 3,135 snaps third of that, more than a third of that, almost half of that, at offensive tackle alone. So when you ask yourself, and then the tight ends, uh, another 500. So it's about 2,000 of the 3,000, 3,100 came at tight end and offensive tackle. When we ask ourselves, where's the biggest issues on the Dolphins offense last year? It's those two rooms. They actually did flush the system. It just doesn't feel like it because the Dolphins didn't necessarily bring in a ton of star power to fill those voids. 
We'll talk about the defense next. And of course, we're going to talk about how those snaps, all of these snaps can get filled in 2023 up next year on today's episode of Locked on Dolphins. But before we do, our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked on Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of our best fantasy picks each and every week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we are going to provide you with the players that are guaranteed fit for your roster to help you bring home the trophy in 2023. So with draft prep underway, most drafts aren't going to really kick up and start ramping up uh, until the preseason about a month from now. So you get about a month for preparations. Let's plan accordingly. Let's see who Vinny has picked out for us this week with eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week. When making the first overall pick in this year's NFL draft, perhaps the best option that you can have is San Francisco 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey as a guaranteed fit for your roster because he gives you the full production of a wide receiver and the full production of a running back. And with what San Francisco paid to acquire Christian McCaffrey, one has to imagine that that trend will continue no matter who is a quarterback in 2023. Guaranteed from well more than 300 touches once again in his first full season in Chicago in San Francisco as the centerpiece of San Francisco's offense. McCaffrey checks all the boxes, including his talent and usage, high floor, and his ceiling. Run with CMC as the guaranteed fit for number one overall pick for a smooth ride to another year of big numbers in 2023. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is all about each and every player being a perfect fit. Same for your vehicle. So with why with eBay's guaranteed fit, over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle are available directly at your fingertips, so you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure that it's the right fit for your car because eBay's guaranteed fit helps you understand exactly the part that you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you'll know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, look for the green check, get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. So defensively, for the Dolphins, vacated snaps this upcoming se- from this past season include about 300 snaps on the interior defensive line. And 260 of those come from John Jenkins, who signed with the Las Vegas Raiders, I believe. Uh, 41 from Justin Zimmer, who was a waiver wire admin season. And then an undrafted free agent, Ben Stilley, nine snaps. For your team. So 310 in total. Here's the good news. The players that left are practice squad caliber players slash replacement level players at this stage in John Jenkins' career. So it should not be hard to find comparable talent to step into those voids. Things do get a little bit more interesting on the edge. Uh, 577 snaps vacated from your edge room between Trey Flowers, who was a midseason signing, looked really promising, got hurt, 
We didn't see him again the rest of the season. That was 65 snaps. And then, of course, Melvin Ingram, 512 snaps out the window. It was a great signing for the Dolphins. I was a really good rotational pass rusher, really good veteran presence for the team. Um, still kind of lingering, waiting for him to find a landing spot. And, and Melvin will be a guy that I always root for. Um, I thought he was everything he was as advertised to be for the Dolphins. Uh, but at that stage in his career, ideally not somebody who's going to play 86, 70, 80% of the snaps on any given week. 512 snaps for him, I think, is right around the ceiling of where you want to help maximize what he can be for your football team. But that's out the window for this upcoming season because he's no longer signed with the team. Both of those guys, I thought, were, were quality depth pieces, as was Elandon Roberts. Now, Elandon Roberts played an elevated role for the Dolphins because of the system that they tried to implement and his familiarity within it. But he played 680 snaps defensively for you last year. That's the highest number lost on defense. And when you factor in his special team snaps, this is the most snaps vacated by any player that left the Dolphins this offseason. I have not been shy about my opinions of, of Roberts being an upgradable piece of your starting lineup. So there's skill specificity here. Uh, but 122 snaps on special teams, 680 snaps on defense. The team obviously... Uh, made a move at linebacker. I think they upgraded the position. It's going to be a very different kind of scheme with different responsibilities. Um, but 802 snaps is a high watermark for voided players. Now, there's a number of different personnel groups that I think that you can get there with. We'll, we'll talk about that down the line as well. Uh, Sam Eglavon, over 300 snaps played total, only 34 on defense. I thought he showed up a number of times in the low red zone in their short yardage defenses, and teams exploited him uh, with play action. Uh, a lot of busts trying to fill the run uh, with late developing routes that that you know kind of bit Miami in the red zone. Uh, so I don't think they're necessarily going to miss Eglavon from a defensive standpoint, but 281 snaps on special teams as a player who kind of had to cut his teeth that way uh, is certainly a, a role that is a meaningful one. It is the most vacated special team snaps for any player the Dolphins lost this offseason. So the linebacker room, you have the player you lost the most total snaps from, and you have the player you lost the most special team snaps from. That does loom large. We'll ask ourselves some questions. I think there's some uh, places we can find to fill that, and we'll go from there. No meaningful corners uh, departed from this football team, but safety, you had Eric Rowe, who played almost 600 total snaps for you, and 569 of them came on defense. I thought Roe coming into the year regarded him as an adequate level starter. Uh, I don't think they got that version of Eric. Uh, I think he got a little bit better in the support components of playing safety, but in coverage, I, I thought he gave up quite a bit uh, of space at times. Uh, but 590 snaps is not a small amount. And then Clayton Fejdalum at safety, there are only 36 snaps on defense. But seven, 274 snaps on special teams. So he, between he and Sam Eguavon, you lost two really, really meaningful pieces. And then you also have Trent Sherfield's 183 and he landed Roberts' 122. Some pretty heavy hitting special team snaps that have departed. So again, we, we think about the Dolphins 
and what their weak points were last year. And we obviously knew the offensive line, particularly the tackle position and the tight end position, were areas of letdown for the team last year offensively. You think about defensively, and the linebacker room was probably the second most maligned behind the corners. Now, they obviously invested a lot in corners, didn't flush the system, but they brought in Jalen Ramsey. They brought in Cam Smith. They brought back Nick Needham. They brought back Justin Bethel to go with Keon Crossan for the time being. I do think there's a, a cap opportunity there with Crossan and savings. But they brought all that back. Uh, and then linebackers, you, you lost two primary special teams players and a starter voluntarily. Your safety room. You know, you flushed another big-time special teams guy. And then obviously Thomas Morstead. I think this is the best player the Dolphins lost was Thomas Morstead. He played, was on the field for 142 snaps last year. The only quality starter. If you stack it up on both sides of the ball, Morstead was your only quality starter that I thought you lost. Mike Kosecki was the only adequate level starter that you lost. And then you lose Rowe, Roberts, Ingram, Flowers, Bridgewater, Sherfield, Brandon Shell. I thought those were all quality depth pieces. And then Fejdalum. Egwavon, John Jenkins, Justin Zimmer, Chase Edmonds, Seathan Carter, Greg Little, Michael Dieter as all replacement level players. So you stack all that up. Um, you're not necessarily worried about the caliber of the players that walked out the door. I think there's opportunities for better scheme fits for those players. Um, and the Dolphins telling you even that with the, the workload that Mike Gusecki had last year, right? But the question now becomes, who is going to step into these voids created? You look on the defensive side of the ball, including Thomas Morstead, and you vacated 3,046 snaps. So it's about 3,100 snaps on the offensive side of the ball and 3,046 snaps on the defensive side of the ball. It's about 3,000 snaps on either side of the ball. So it's about three players worth of starting a full season. Now getting a full a player to each take 1000 snaps and check the box and avoid that likely isn't going to be how this thing plays out. There's going to be multiple fronts that are, that are going to be required to divide these 3000 snaps and say, Hey, you're going to step in and take this chunk. You're going to step in and take this chunk. But the hope and the objective and what we're looking to uncover is who are the players that can take these snaps and be better than what the Dolphins let out the door. That is next here on this episode of Locked On. Got to tell you about our friends over at Bird Dogs, uh, the most comfortable shorts I have put on my body personally. And, and what I love about Bird Dogs is they prescribe to the ideology that you got to look good to play good. Uh, these things look good. They are cut with stretch khaki that is designed to give you a slimmer fit through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. If you believe in skies out, thighs out, and I hope you do, Bird Dog certainly applies that with their product as well. It's the same exact objective as Lululemon, but they do it way better. They've found a way to create these khaki knit shorts that stretch and move, and they aren't restricting and they aren't sweaty, and they have this stick sweat wicking material that helps you keep cool and dry all day long. So you not only look good, you not only feel good, you not only have full range of motion, but you're comfortable too. 
right now. You can go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL and enter or enter promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off once you got them. Promise you that. So the question now is, okay, you get about 3,000 snaps on either side of the ball. Who's stepping into the void here? And let's start with offensive line. Because as we acknowledged, that's about 1,500 snaps. 1,400 snaps minus Michael Dieter's 76 snaps on special teams. You brought in Isaiah Wynn. He is a player who has historically dealt with some injuries. But if he were to take the Brandon Shell workload of 700 snaps, you know, between Dieter, Little, Shell, and then you have Austin Jackson coming back. And I would regard Austin Jackson, I, I would regard Isaiah Wynn as an upgrade over any player that you let walk out the door. I think he's an adequate level starter, starters in an NFL offensive line. I think they're ceiling to be tapped into for more. But to stay conservative, I'd put him as an adequate level starter. The Dolphins let worse players walk out the door. So that is automatically an upgrade. And then you have Austin Jackson, obviously, who's projected to be the starting right tackle. And while I would put him into the replacement level bucket based off of the information that we have right now, I am at least willing to acknowledge there's upside here. There's not upside with a career swing tackle in Brandon Shell. There's not upside with Greg Little. Austin Jackson, you do have an element of unknown within this system. A lot of offensive linemen, when they get into the league, it does take them until year three or year four. It is one of the more slower developing positions in spite of what players like Quentin Nelson and Tristan Wirfs and uh, Penny Sewell and uh, Ray Sean Slater would have you believe. The vast majority of offensive linemen in the NFL, it takes until year three or year four to, to take that first big step towards being a more effective player. I'm not saying Austin Jackson is going to do it. I would say right now he's a replacement level player. But at least there's an appealing element of potential there as well. And that even goes beyond that to acknowledge Cedric Okboy, who I, who I would put probably in the same range and bucket as a Brandon Shell. If I had to stack him, I would probably say Shell's the best, Okboy, he's the second, and Greg Little's the third. So you have these 1,400 snaps, and you have definitively one player who's ready to take some of these snaps, who I think is definitively better. You have a player with upside, who's a young player, who has the potential to surpass anything that you had. And then I think your, your floor with Cedric Gregway, is the third option, is better than what your floor was with your second player who took over 500 snaps last year. Okay, so I'm not guaranteeing that it's going to be resolved but I like the makeup of the DNA of this group better than last year's group. I think there's a higher ceiling and a higher floor. Now, how much better it is, there, there's obviously a chemistry component that's worked in here as well. The tight end room, you have about 570 snaps. Well, I would imagine some of these go to Durham Smythe. I would imagine some of these go to Alec Ingle. I would imagine some of these go to Eric Sauber. If you can divide and conquer, let's just round up and call it 600 snaps across three or four guys. And they're all players, I think, who are quality depth type options. 
I think Ingold's a, a quality starter at fullback. But then you've got Durham Smythe, who's, I still think, a quality depth tight end. I think ideally for a lot of teams, he'd be a tight end too. This offense is a little unique, so I'm understanding of why he's going to be the de facto guy because he's a multi-tool guy, even though he's the jack-of-all-trades, maybe a, a master of none. Eric Saubert has been a quality depth option, and he's replacing Hunter Long as an incomplete evaluation. Is he taking some of the Mike Gusecki reps? Probably, because the wide receivers are going to have to split the, split the, ten, the Trent Shurfield workload, which is almost 800 snaps. So if Sauber takes 300 snaps, uh, Smythe takes another 100 snaps, and Alec Ingold takes 75 snaps, I think you're getting better players between Ingold and at least a better fit of player than Mike Gusecki for this offense. I think that departure is the most dramatic improvement of having a player in that spot who definitively can execute the things that don't tip your hand on when 88's on the field, they're going to pass 80% of the time because that's what the Dolphins did last year. That's the upsell there. Is there less receiving upside? Sure, but I do think Eric Saubert has a vertical seam stretching ability to his game as a pass catcher. He was more of a receiver coming out of Drake than he was a, a blocker. Now, Trent Sherfield, uh, we're, we're hoping Tua Tungvalu takes the 141 snaps that Teddy Bridgewater vacated. We're assuming Jeff Wilson is taking the 186 uh, from Chase Edmonds, which is an upgrade from a uh, replacement-level player with the level of play that you got to a quality-depth player. We'll see if Dalvin Cook has anything to say about that. And then the 800 snaps from Trent Sherfield. You think about Eric Ezukama as a young player. You think about Braxton Berrios as a true slot in passing situations when you need to win one-on-ones. You think about Robbie Chosen as a vertical plane receiver that would allow Waddle or Hill to play some of the more middle-of-the-field type routes and still have vertical stretch and spacing. Sherfield really appealed because of what he could do as a blocker. So if you're going to look for that kind of player, I know I haven't mentioned Tanner Connor. I haven't mentioned Elijah Higgins. Can some of that go to tight ends who are these hybrid types that are, are receiving threats and not just a in true inline player? If so, great. I think Ezukama is probably the most NFL body type to step into the Sherfield role. Can he take some of it? Can you divide some of it between Tanner Connor and Elijah Higgins? I haven't mentioned Tyler Croft at all. I think the depth, the the overwhelming depth of the tight end room with quality depth options, I think takes a lot of this workload. And then in your true passing situations, you'll see a more dynamic separator in Braxton Berrios or a more dynamic vertical plane receiver in Robbie Chosen. Take those snaps as well. So I think you could probably go that third, third, and third across those 600 snaps. And Braxton Barris, of course, will play special teams as a return guy as well. So that'll take some of the special teams reps. Defensively, we get about 300 snaps on the interior. We, you're going to have to sign somebody to take these snaps. You know, there is not a player on the roster in my mind who is ready to go to take 300 snaps defensively for you in the defensive interior, particularly in the A-gap. That's okay. That's fine. You lost replacement level players. Go find a replacement-level player. And if you find somebody better than that, great. Then you upgraded those 300 snaps. But I do think that's an incomplete assignment of snaps 
and it's about 10% of your defensive package of available snaps from last year's group. On the edge, you obviously have uh, Emmanuel Agba coming back from injury. You have uh, Malik Reed ready to potentially take some of these snaps as well. So I think that's where uh, the rest of those snaps that are not going, just going to go straight to Emmanuel Agba, I think are probably going to go between Reed and um, Andrew Van Ginkle as a hybrid type player and probably getting Andrew Van Ginkle some more snap snap share. I think is probably the recipe there. Um, but I would say Agba is an adequate level starter. I think Reed is in the same bucket as a quality depth pass rush type. And I'd say Andrew Van Ginkle is ideally an adequate depth type. So you have the return of Agba as the ceiling for these snaps. And I think you have comparable gifts from Reed and Van Ginkle to give you comparable production from the snaps that you vacate. Now, can you get, obviously Bradley Chubb will be on your team for a full season as well. So there will be a higher workload for Bradley Chubb as well. So maybe some of that bleeds into the 300 on the interior and Agba can play in the B gap some, I don't know. Uh, but I think if you look at the defensive line and you're saying, well, in total, you got almost 900 snaps and you're saying, well, we have Bradley Chubb for an extra half a season. You're getting Emmanuel Agba back for an extra half a season. You brought in Malik Reed. Okay, just go find your, your A-gap plug to potentially play 150 snaps for you. And can Jalen Phillips just stay on the field on every play? <laughs> Linebacker, obviously the low-hanging fruit is David Long. Uh, his signing, you, you think about the 800 snaps that Elandon Roberts has vacated in a perfect world, David Long would take all of those. I don't know that he will. What I want to do is make sure I, I get the statistics right here. But David Long, the last few seasons, last season he played 740 snaps versus 802 for, for Elan Roberts, including special teams. It was 680 on defense. Uh, and... I don't think you're paying David Long to play special teams, but he's played 200. He played 200 snaps his rookie season and 150 his second season in the NFL. So if you needed him in some capacity there, you could do it. I'd prefer to get more of the safeties involved to do that. And the tight ends, your depth at tight end, take advantage of that, get those guys on the field for special teams. But that's quality depth to quality starter. That's a pretty huge jump of an improvement. And then Eglavon with those 281 snaps on special teams. Again, you got all this DB depth. You've got these ferocious safeties. You brought in Deshaun Elliott to be your third safety. You get Brandon Jones back out there on some special teams opportunities. You got Tanner Connor, Elijah Higgins. Like I think those guys, Alec Ingold, Eric Azukama. I think those guys can, can fill quite a bit. Duke Riley um, being brought back, I think is huge for the special teams unit for kick coverages. So I think you have options there and being more dynamic and more athletic, I, I think is, is going to be helpful. And you've got some pretty unique height, weight, speed guys that can step into some of those roles that arguably are, are more athletically dynamic than Sam Egovan. Low hanging fruit, Deshaun Elliott versus Eric Rowe for the 569 snaps that Rowe played on defense last year. That's that can be a one for one. Uh, we'll see what Rowe McKinley has to say about that. Uh, obviously McKinley last year, 
stepped in the last month of the season or so and, and played pretty meaningful snaps as a UDFA. I think that's the ceiling. Uh, you're looking for player development there. But at least you know with Deshaun Elliott, I think you have a comparable player who's probably better at coverage at this stage in his career than Eric Rowe is um, as somebody who's ideally your third safety. Thomas Morstead right now, it's a, it's a one for one for Jake Bailey. And oh, by the way, those 620 snaps that you, 605 snaps that you vacated in the safeties, you also have Jalen Ramsey to step into as well. So I think some of that comes from the Landon Roberts bucket as well. You're going to have these safeties that can move around these three safeties with these four or five corners that can move around. Some teams are going to line up in in true base personnel and they're going to try to run the ball at you and and get after you. And in those instances, yeah, you got to be able to play big boy football. I think they have the line to do it. And I think you'd see a lot of penny front when teams go heavy with them, which is five, five, six down offensive linemen and one linebacker. Now, when teams try to spread you out, having all that versatility and having David Long and Jerome Baker and Jalen Ramsey and Cater Kohu and Cam Smith, like between Eric Rowe and Elandon Roberts, it's a grand total of defensive snaps, 1,200 snaps. Jalen Ramsey could feasibly take all of it, and it would just be where you play him and who else you take to take somebody else off the field, be it a nose tackle or a second linebacker, and take them off and put a DB on. And that kind of plays into the depth that the Dolphins have. So about 3,000 3, snaps on either side of the ball. That's that's what I, I think Miami has. We've looked into the upside and, and the questions for each kind of position room with the snaps that have been left open. I did this exercise because I thought it was really eye-opening to kind of walk through the snaps you lost, what rooms you voluntarily let a lot of snaps leave, and what your answers are to put other players into that spot. And what I think you have is a, a, a cell for higher floor and higher ceiling for just about every position room that you have in year two in this system. That's all you can hope for, your team that got better. There's teams that are coming into this season that definitively did not get better than last year. The Dolphins got better. They got better from a coaching perspective. They got deeper from a personnel perspective. I think their biggest question on both sides of the ball, they are more talented at than last year as well. I'll take it. Hope you guys will take more Locked On Dolphins in your life. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I appreciate you guys for checking out the show. Make it a great rest of your day. Make it a great weekend. I will be back again to talk to you all on Monday. Fins up. Peace.